0: what a week it's been so much to talk about and so many things we can't talk about
1: ladies and gentlemen this is the villain marty Skull, and you are listening to beyond i oh, sorry what was it <laughs> oh.
0: me and my friend mark we're gonna stop watching i'm mark I'm Harris,
1: and we'd like to welcome you to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast where we delve into the wild, wacky, and crazy side of professional wrestling. Alright, how's it going everyone? Welcome to another episode of Behind the Gorilla. I'm going to apologize ahead of time if I don't sound good. I've been sick all week, and I just got through calling three baseball games over the past three days. While sick. So voice is going. I think that's a good way to good way to put it. So just just throwing that out there right off the bat in case anyone was like, oh, what, 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 what is this?
0: Good. Yeah. Good thing you don't talk for a living or anything. or This might be a problem.
1: Good grief. I know. Isn't that just perfect?
0: Yeah, um, I don't have any excuses. I'm just like this.
1: That That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> Harris Sorry, just... I
0: cut you off midstream. No. Harris just has
1: that Harris voice that, you know, mm. nothing he can do about. Um. All right. Well, we got another crazy topic. It's not just going to be us flaking out and just talking about songs because we didn't want to take the extra time that we don't have to come up with a topic. So instead, I took the time I don't have and actually tried to do a topic. And, well, I probably... Did about three fourths of what I wanted to wanted to do, so you know. Well, we're we're doing our best here. Um, it's gonna be just on one full show, so it'll be. Uh... Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Uh, I cannot wait to hear Harris's reactions to some of this stuff. Like that's my favorite part of doing this. Is you know.
0: I always, I, you know, I think we try to keep our respective topics in the dark from one another cause it is more fun to explain on the fly. Right. And I remember you posted a couple of videos of your topic on Twitter and I thought, Oh, well, you know, well this will give it away. And I watched them. I have no idea what's happening <laughs> and I'm even more excited. <laughs> so that's a good start that I've seen some of it and it still doesn't make any sense and I still don't know what we're talking about.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um Yeah, I post a picture and and, and a video because I was just watching. I was like, this is just this is just perfect, man. This this is this is our show. And Harris. okay, let me just say if any of you, you should follow the page on Twitter at behind underscore gorilla right off the bat. Same thing on Instagram at behind underscore gorilla. This is the best part. Okay, so so the video clip that I posted, Harris, if you guys want to know what it is, either continue to listen to this episode when we get to it or go and follow us on Twitter and see it. Um that is the best match of the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just let that sink in.
0: Oh, that's lovely. Yes. I'm very excited for this.
1: Yes. That is that is the highlight of the show. So, um, well, before we get into that, I guess we can talk a little bit of current stuff, although I don't know. I feel like we spend too much time rambling about the wrestling world that nobody cares about listening to us ramble about. Um, but it's fun, I guess, so that's why we do it. So we can talk a little bit. Because there are a few good things that have happened. And uh, I thought AJ's promo with uh, or about Undertaker was fun because Mark Wahlberg was involved, which I had no idea was a thing. Apparently it was something that was viral. I'd never heard of it. And, um, that was great just because it got me like one of my favorite sound bites now forever, which is of course, well, Mark, I'm going to go with my gut on this one. I'm not going to take your stupid advice. <laughs> there's something that Harris will say all the time.
0: Every from week. Now on.
1: Yeah. Constantly. Again, Harris, it's kind of unfair. There's no, like there's no Harris in wrestling. Like, in any way, shape, or form.
0: <laughs> oh, the name. I was yeah. like,
1: I guess. There's no Harris. There's no name. There's no wrestler named Harris. The only Harris is is Bray Wyatt and his first NXT character. Harris. That's the only Harris that I can think of he, in all of wrestling.
0: There's got to be a clip in there somewhere, though.
1: The only other one was uh, Kamala. When he first started wrestling, he was Sugar Bear Harris. That's the only other Harris what? I can think of. What?
0: Yeah. Oh, that's news to me. I did yeah. not know that.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was his first wrestling yeah, put, gimmick. And then and then he met on a Then he met Jerry Lawler in Memphis and Jerry Lawler was like, "Oh no. I have a much better idea." And then freaking Kamala became a star. Um but yeah, Mark is all the time. There's Mark in everything. Yeah. It's literally a word of wrestling.
0: Me and my friend Mark, we're going to complain. That's my favorite one.
1: Well, you were close. It's me and my friend Mark, we're going to stop watching.
0: Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. I Either it, way though, that is, that's, it, the best it,
1: that's one. my favorite one. And that'll be in the intro forever. Um, absolutely forever and ever. But anyway, I found that he said that and I was like, Oh, there it is. So I cut that out and put it on Twitter and no one liked it, but I thought it was funny because I said, you know, this is Harris's reaction whenever I, I suggest something mm-hmm. just well, Mark, I'm going to go with my gut on this one and I'm not going to take your stupid advice, which is fair more than fair. I understand that sentiment completely. But uh, anyway, so I thought that was fine. Uh, So other than that, AEW, it was a fine show. It was a reset show. This is what you need after the pay-per-view. You need the heels to get all their heat back. You know, you you need the new stories to be put forward. You needed Inner Circle to beat down Moxley. and You know, you needed to do all that. Uh, But freaking Jake the Snake Roberts came back for the first time in like 30 years and cuts like the best promo we've seen in like since he left just you, right off you the know. bat <laughs> just right off the bat he's know, just like you oh know, yeah i've especially... been gone forever and here this is what y'all have been missing you guys yep. can all go back to kindergarten now <laughs> yep
0: like you okay you know me and my viewing habits and how hard it is for me to make time especially this time of year to watch any wrestling sure. much less you know a whatever Jake the Snake is what put me over the top to intentionally stop, sit down, and watch this episode of Dynamite this week. (laughs) Because Revolution was a great pay-per-view. Yes, it was. And, like, there was a lot of stuff I was interested in seeing coming into this week. And, you know, like, you're exposed to things that happen during the show just by being a wrestling fan on the internet. So, you know, you see some clips of Moxley's promo, and you're like, oh, that's really good. And then you see Pac formed the new faction with the Lucha Brothers, and you're like, oh, I really like that. Okay, that's pretty cool. And then you see Jake the Snake Roberts came back, cut a <laughs> promo on Cody Rhodes, and ended with the line, never turn your back on someone you fear or respect, threw the mic to Cody and turned his back on him. Yep. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I gotta watch this. Yep. So I actually did watch almost all of this week's episode of Dynamite, very intentionally. Yep, I thought it was great. I thought yeah. it was kind of... They're in this spot now where like it, it doesn't feel like a brand new promotion anymore they've sort of gotten their feet wet you've laid the groundwork for a lot of different characters and now you can just tell stories with them and sort of have something to draw from right this isn't a this isn't a perfect example because i don't think they've been on the air you know not even a full year yet not really close maybe half but you know how like the office or parks and rec didn't quite like hit their stride in their first seasons like their first six episodes well
1: harris before like 2012, that's the way most TV seasons were.
0: Yeah, I agree. It just, like, I, I don't know what it was. It just felt like a watershed moment. Maybe because this is the first uh, the first day, the first dynamite of the Moxley era, which sure. Jericho cut a great promo on. Coming out and saying, you only beat me because I spent months training for a man who had one eye yep. and you actually had two eyes so you're a cheater and you don't deserve to win the title. That's the dumbest best thing i've ever heard (laughs) that was absolutely incredible that was like this is why i love chris jericho and pro wrestling because he said that with a straight face
1: the reason why i love chris jericho and pro wrestling is because he came out and is like um we're gonna leave you lying you're not gonna be able to walk out under your own power and if that doesn't happen i'm gonna leave for 30 days no now 60 days and everyone's like oh right fozzy tour huh that's perfect. <laughs> yep. And then he goes out there and actually does it. And you're going to see Jericho just like, in my mind, I just see Jericho just like flipping birds to everyone in the crowd and just like, <laughs> ha!
0: Okay, speaking of, it's very transparent that everyone in AEW is like, yeah, we're not like WWE. That's for babies. We're oh, going to sure. swear all the time. That and it's getting true. a little annoying. Like, I'm not offended by it. But it is kind of unoriginal. Like there's something to be said. I don't like there was an episode of the New Day podcast, I think, where they were talking about having to learn how to cut promos. And they were trying to be very intentional about not cussing because, you know, WWE is TVPG. Right. But also because it forces you to be more creative and charismatic on your own. I totally agree. It was like the fourth. You know, the fourth time that John Moxley said ass or son of a bitch or whatever, I was just like, yeah, guys, come on, we get it. Like, it's not, it doesn't mean anything anymore. It was exciting. Yep. It popped like the first two times, and now the crowd loves to chant whatever they can. Like, they're a bunch of 14 year olds, you yeah, know, anytime I, anything I happens. A,
1: I hate with a burning passion. It's you need just not that none off of it's burned. Because they don't even like just mute out the crap they mute everything including the announcers which makes no sense because their mics are on a separate feed so i don't know why we have to mute the whole thing
0: it's just a little it's 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 trying a little too hard to be edgy to the point where it's kind of overblown i agree i totally agree Yeah, no, that's when that's the biggest problem you have with your show that's a pretty darn good show
1: it is yes it is it is pretty good so yeah all the stuff that happened set you know everything else still in motion it it's it's good. You l- made Darby look like a star again mm-hmm. by basically just fighting off all of Inner Circle for like 10 minutes by himself. Gives himself a hot tag in the corner, which makes yep. no sense whatsoever, but it was awesome and I didn't care. <laughs> because well, he gave a hot tag and then when he just then he just started rules. a comeback like he had literally just not been beat up and was fine. It makes
0: no sense, but it was it was great. I'd like to think he was just like, wait, nobody cares about the tag in rules anyway.
1: Well, that is true too. They don't, at all. That's my one fault with the AEW stuff. But um, uh, no, yeah, it was a good show again. Um, other thing, Harris, other little news thing. Make sure I know you don't watch NWA, even though you pretend to like it,
0: and have never. Mark, I've, we've been over this. I have watched it. I don't need to watch it again. I'm there for the tapings. There's no point in me watching it again. <laughs> But also, yeah, no, I mean, if I don't have or make time to watch <laughs> WWE or AEW, like, at least NWA, I've already seen. Like, I know what happens. There's but even less reason for me to watch that. you didn't the first four
1: episodes. You've seen well, the next ones, but you didn't no, see No, because if I ones.
0: see the end of a movie, I'm not going to go watch the first half Oh my I already gosh. know how it is. Never
1: mind. I'm not going to tapings with you anymore because—
0: <laughs> I like going to the tapings. That's the whole point.
1: <laughs> anyway. What were you going to say? <laughs> this is what I'm going to say. I know you don't watch it. And there's, I don't think that, I remember when they were taping them, Harris, they still taped four, uh, eight episodes for each day. And we're like, the Crock Cubs not till the 19th of April. It's like three months away. Like there's no way they have enough for that. And so what they've done is they started circle squared and they'll show those matches or they'll show um, one match like, uh, and they'll release that on Tuesday instead and I think they have Mm -hmm. some other stuff they're going to start releasing in between so I think there's not even another episode until like the week before or like Hmm. maybe they have like two more I think there's like two more or something like that and anyway it's going to be weird because there's going to be a lot of weeks without a full episode but they're doing this circle squared thing which you know we saw them do um and uh but anyway uh, the next episode of that's coming out on Tuesday and you um you need to watch it
0: okay you're not gonna tell me why you're just gonna
1: well I'm gonna be on it
0: okay maybe is that why uh maybe maybe I'm gonna be on it
1: depends on how they, how they edit it
0: so let me say I, I... You know, the funny thing about us sharing the joint Twitter account that you run like 80% of the time and I occasionally hop on and tweet Sure, is I occasionally get Twitter notifications for that account that are from our DMs that are like not related to me. Right. So I'll open my phone one day and I have, for example, like David Arquette saying, hey, what's your address? And right. I'm like, what? Oh, right. That's for the show. But I had one of those moments this week where I opened my phone and I saw I think it was Dave Lagana saying yep. what's your email address and I had the same thing where I went wait what oh all right Mark I see you so what exactly what capacity are you in helping with this show oh I'm not helping what's with happen-
1: anything it just what what they do is they 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 have because they, they did it for the first one where they have several they reach out to several you know podcasts YouTube pages stuff like that of of people that do wrestling content and then they base he sends them the match for that circle squared and then they watch it and they film a reaction to it and then he intercuts those reactions with with the show so that's 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 all it is um yeah i don't know how well this is gonna be because i'm not great at reacting to things
0: Especially if it's a match you watched once already. No, I hadn't I seen this. Was. No,
1: it wasn't. Oh, okay. No, this must have been from their f- the first the first day cuz um it wasn't. It wasn't when <laughs> when we were there. But uh yeah, I'm not a great re- great at reacting to things. It's just not my charisma. I'm much better <laughs> with someone else. So, I tried. And I think it's f- I think some of it's okay. The other problem You know, I had my DSLR camera and I have a light and stuff like that. And I had stuff set up. It took forever to get all that crap set up because I don't have like a designed way to set things up. So I have to figure it out each time. Mm -hmm. Um, And the camera or the um, the the light was not fully charged and it slowly started dimming as I was (laughs) recording. So by the end, it is much darker than the beginning. And Uh, I don't know how well that's going to go over. So okay, again, well. I don't know how much if any footage will be used. Hopefully at least some at some point. And That's then funny. so anyway, and maybe that'll get us some more uh, some more subscribers to the podcast, who knows. But anyway, Harris, we're trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to get this podcast growing. You're not, but I am.
0: Yeah, I don't know what you want me to say (laughs) to that. Like, I'm going to go out and, like, canvas street corners in the middle of tax season. Sure.
1: Actually, to be fair, you've gotten gotten at least, like,
0: one person to listen from your work. So, I mean, that's pretty good. Exactly. That's what I was about to say. (laughs) I know for a fact, like, one person, shout out to Josh, he told me he was going to listen to it. There we go. And then later was like, yeah, yeah, I started to listen to it. I was like, heck, yeah, all right. There we go, Josh. We appreciate you. Thanks, buddy
1: um anyway so that's that was pretty cool so several several different nwa things it's just cool because it's just here and it's just so small that yeah it's just it's a perfect fit for a show like ours that has you know no clout whatsoever to be able to do something with um other thing i went to a wrestling show last night harris OK,
0: I was hoping you would bring this up. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, if for some reason you missed it on Twitter, Mark was tweeting updates from this show. And at one point he said, oh, all right, they're getting the steel cage ready. And I love anytime a local promotion does a steel cage match because yep. like right, – OK, spoiler alert. This is one of those shows where we are recording – and I'm watching a WWE pay-per-view right now because it's a Sunday night and Elimination Chamber is on. Oh, I'm, and we I'm do this not. every month or so where I go, oh, yeah, such and such is on. And Mark goes, who cares? Who cares? I'm not watching it. It's dumb. I'm not I, watching I it. I don't even have it on. Mm-hmm.
1: If something interesting happens, I'll
0: watch something maybe after. Yeah, I mean, it's been good. That's the thing. It's well, been good, good so far. Good. Not, like, amazing. But I'll watch
1: good. the uh, Daniel Bryan-Drew Gulag match at some point.
0: Yeah, that was sure a solid good. match. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Th- that can't but be But anyway... I was gonna say, so like with a WWE cage match, even a steel cage match, but especially like Elimination Chamber or Hell in a Cell, it's very modern. It's very like sleekly designed and seems, you know, just super slick. And they lower it down right. to the ring, you know, and it's a really it's a really big deal. But it looks very much like a modern machine.
1: Even that AEW cage, which was amazing looking.
0: Yeah. But local promotions do what everyone used to have to do, which is just say, "Hey, we got four pieces of fence here, and we're just going <laughs> to sort of tie this together, like with zip ties and duct tape." No, it was uh, those
1: like uh, the you know the like the 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 straps like in the in the back of a truck. It was like those. It was with those. Like, it was like the cranks <laughs> on them. It was it was those. That's how they connected. It. That's Amazing. how they attach them together. So- yeah.
0: So afterwards, when you tweeted, all right, the match is over. And nobody died. I really thought, oh, that's good. Because, <laughs> boy, it looks like you look at that cage the wrong way and it'll just smash. It was even worse than through.
1: that, Harris. Like, I, I truly don't understand how nobody died. <laughs> the finish was both of them climbing over a different
0: side. Climbing. Yeah, I One wouldn't do that. One of the dudes that. was huge. That's a terrifying spot. Like, if you trust the cage. Right. I didn't.
1: I was no. like, no, no, don't, don't climb. It's not going to hold. <laughs> like it was, oh, I was terrifying. Uh, yeah, it was so, it was so, it was so dumb, Harris. I, I got to talk about this match. I know we've already been talking a long time, but I have to talk about this one match. Um, the show was fine. It was fun. It's called Southern Fried Championship Wrestling in Monroe, Georgia, which I'm really mad about because it's like 10 minutes from Athens or 20 mm. minutes from Athens. And I never went to a show. Uh, while living in Athens. Now there's actually a promotion in Athens, which I'm pissed off about that it wasn't there when I went to school there. But anyway, um, yeah. So the, the other matches were fine. They were, they were they were fun. It was interesting. A guy came out who literally try, was trying to look like Raven. Like he had the kilt, the black kilt and everything, and the, hmm. the hair like his and this black kind of stuff on his face. And he came out with a Freddy Krueger glove and a uh, gas mask on and the glove like the blades were on fire and then he got to the ring and then breathed fire and it was awesome and that was the first match and I was like this is great that it never got better than that as far mm. as like showmanship wise so it was a little disappointing after that because it got my expectations really high yeah um, anyway th- 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 it was a decent it was a de- it was a decent show there-, there was some good wrestling especially for a local show but the main event, so their champion's name is Mikhail uh, Judas. And he's a big dude. Like, I don't know if you're familiar, if any of you guys listening were familiar with the TNA wrestler Crimson, who's now uh, a producer on, NW, on uh, NWA. He's a producer backstage there. Uh, he was, he's like his size. And, um... He had, like, kind of this weird kind of red face, like, paint design over, like, one eye and something like that. R- pretty cool guy. Like, commanding presence walked, didn't, you know, didn't make any noise, walked super slow to the ring. Came out to the song God's Gonna Cut You Down by Johnny Cash. And uh, it was pretty cool. Just stoic-type champion. And then the bad guy was some guy who came out in a suit and was annoying and whatever. Part of the heel faction. But they had this cage up. And as you were saying, it's four pieces of fence tied together, basically, with straps against the cage, or against the ring, and there's a door on it, but the door has no latch, so the whole match, there's a ref just holding it closed, and then right before they start, they say, alright, there's no pinfalls, no submissions, the only way to win is to escape the cage. And I was like, Harris, you've got to be kidding me. One, I never liked that rule from the start in wrestling. I just think I always thought it was dumb, the escape the cage thing, especially having a door. That's always dumb. That's just dumb. It just doesn't make any sense. But anyway, when you have a cage this bad, no fault of their own, just this is what they have, you book it to where the cage isn't necessarily like the end all be all. I would think, to maybe hide some of the flaws of the cage, by making it an escape only, you just highlighted all the flaws of this cage.
0: <laughs> because it looks like the kind of cage where, like, if you lean on it hard enough, it'll right. collapse and you'll just right. fall out.
1: Also, the door is no latch, so, like, how, how can you not just go out at any time? Like, it's really, it was so, if you had just made it, like, pinfalls or submissions and it just happens to be in this cage, like, then that's still intriguing, even if the cage isn't that great. So, that was already a problem. That's funny. And all the the evil Hinch, you know, the other members of the faction were out there, too. And, of course, the champion has nobody, so they were making it hard on him, you know, slamming the door on him and stuff like that. They, like, had their own chain that they wrapped around the door, and then they would hold it closed whenever he would, like, come you know, try and get out. I was like, okay, that's good. And then at one point, the refs just inexplicably, you know, those bungee cords that you use to like yeah. attach things, you know, to the back of a car or truck or something. They like took one of those and wrapped it around the door and the side of the cage and then, you know, attached them together to to keep the door closed. But like in their minds, they've made this door impenetrable. It's just this bungee thing. One, you could just unhook it. And two, if you kicked it hard enough, it would probably just snap. And these guys are acting like that's preventing them from opening the door. And then, and then the, the refs were like, no, you have to go over now. And I was like, we're like 10 minutes into the match. They've tried to go out of the door several times. You've let them try and go out of the door. Why do we change it? For no rhyme or reason. They're just like, no, you have to go over now. And I was that's like, no, funny. no, this is a terrible idea Do not have them climb this thing. And so they, that was the finish. They each climbed aside and I thought it was going to break and they, they got her, they got over and the champ dropped right before the other guy. So then this booming voice came over the thing and a coffin came out, a casket was rolled out and a big giant dude came out of it and beat the tar out of the champion. I don't know who he is. Apparently (laughs) it's an older, it's an older guy. Apparently his name's tank and he's been around the area for like 20, 30 years or something. I don't know. He beat the tar out of the champ, and that and and he sold it like death. Like he was beating up the, the 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 security guards and everything, and and then the champ literally stayed down in the ring for a good ten minutes after the match. So either he was really hurt and something went horribly wrong, or he sold that thing for a long time. Props whichever one. But anyway. That- it was an interesting that's my favorite thing
0: about going to local shows is there's run ins, but you don't know who the people running in are, but like all you the, barely all the, know who the people in there. But all are, the regulars so like, do
1: all the regulars like pop and you're like, I, don't you're like, know. I guess
0: I don't, like, is this a big deal or is this supposed to be a stranger? I don't know. Sometimes. Yeah, that's uh, good stuff. Well, anyway, listen, what it was fun? And that reminds me, we're going to the Atlanta wrestling entertainment show next week. Oh, did you get tickets? No, I forgot. But then I oh, remembered okay. while we were. Th- or I didn't forget. I, I was asking my buddy if he wanted to go, and I didn't hear back from him. So gotcha, I'm just gotcha. looking at their website now, and I'm getting excited about this because they have like a little gallery of photos of all the talent. Yeah, uh, it should be My fun. dude, Murder One is still there. <laughs> I remember him because this was the first wrestling show I think I ever went to. I think before wow. Raw. Wow. Because it was like you know, it was like early 2014. It was like one of their first shows. And this dude came out and cut a promo on the recently deceased Dusty Rhodes. Wow. Called him a racist piece of trash and he was glad he was dead and he didn't wow. say trash. And me and my buddy were looking at each other like Wow Well, this is different. This is not what I was expecting. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. This isn't WWE. <laughs> no, I was like, all right, so this is this is a thing. That's funny. So he's still there, he's still kicking. There's a dude named Chip Day who was wrestling in the first tournament I went to. He looks like he's aged. Wow. 30 years. So I guess he just wasn't as young as I thought he was. There's a man named Manders who is like holding a rope with a cowbell, except the rope is around his own neck, which is a little weird. Like, it's not quite a tie, but he's not quite choking himself. It's something in between. Sorry, this is a bit of a digression, but, you know, support local wrestling. Yeah. If you guys are in the area. You want to come see Atlanta Wrestling Entertainment with us next week. Hit me up. Yeah. Tickets yeah. are only $20. That's, well, that's my which kind is of wrestling.
1: Rid- Which is ridiculous. Yeah. That's the most expensive well, local wrestling show I've ever seen.
0: Well, it is Atlanta, you know? I don't care. There's bigger shows that are cheaper than that. Tell me if I'm—I'm I'm not losing my mind. Is Eddie Kingston a guy who's been at NWA tapings before? Yes. What is wrong with you? Yes, yeah, what I thought. Well, I just—I wasn't expecting to see He's him with on the— He's with Homicide. A- right. Well, I wasn't expecting to see him on the AWE roster. That's why oh, I felt he like is? I
1: was— oh i didn't know that either
0: (laughs) yeah so that's yeah that's that's 20 bucks right there oh well that's fair yeah i like him i like it yeah so you know there it is you can buy you can buy seats to the front row couches for 60 dollars if you want to sit on the couch this is stupid that's so stupid you're a local wrestling show act like yeah
1: it's
0: it's brookhaven dude it's it's expensive you gotta pay the rent then move out of brookhaven Nah, I'd rather they didn't, personally. <laughs> it's but like two minutes from your house. <laughs> All right, we've we've done this long enough. Yes, ready we to move have.
1: On. Yeah, we got to move up to the next segment, which is, of course, what's up with David Arcat You cannot kill David Arquette. You cannot kill David Arquette. Now, Harris, it's a sad. It was a sad day mm-hmm. the other day because mm-hmm. coming up next weekend, it was supposed to be the premiere. Of, you cannot kill David Arquette. The new documentary at uh, South by Southwest, mm-hmm. but then they canceled South by Southwest because of this stupid Corona, ridiculous overreaction, and so there's no more premiere. And so they premiered it last night at their house. I, oh, I'm pretty that's sure. sad. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that's what they were. They put it up on Instagram. His wife Christina and and he had some some posts and. I don't know. It seemed like there was a, a handful of people there. I don't know how many, maybe 20, 30 people there. And um, they, they acted like that was the premiere. So I don't know if they'll still take it somewhere else. I'm sure they'll still take it to other festivals because there's a bunch of festivals. But um, the big premiere, I guess, was really kind of
0: ruined, unfortunately, which is sad. It's really sad. Yeah. Well, I mean, the good news is we'll still get to see it at some point. At but- Some point. I feel like showing it at a big festival like that, that's a big part of how you kick off like pitching it and getting right. a distribution deal and potentially getting a little bit of promotion behind it. That's going right, to be a right. lot harder now. The yep. silver lining is I feel like, like he's not the only one in that boat, and I'm sure there's right. going to be a lot of people out there trying to seize on stuff from South by Southwest and promote it in their own way. So hopefully this doesn't fall through the cracks because, yeah, I'm really excited to see this and – I think it's a great way to like introduce wrestling to people who don't follow wrestling is by learning this guy's story and yeah. seeing David Arquette's dedication to wrestling. So hopefully this isn't the end of the, you know, the push. It's certainly not the end of the movie, but no, no, we'll see. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll definitely keep you updated on that because it is very unfortunate. This is something we've been counting down for a long time. We've got our own bumper stickers to promote it. So, you know, we if do. you need to send us some more, David Arquette, hit us up. We'll, <laughs> we'll put them out there.
1: Yeah, and also uh, David, because uh, we know you're listening to this. Send us a. Uh, you want us to. You you need to get your um, you know, the documentary out there. You need to get the word out now, especially with the unfortunate, you know, cancellation of the premiere. Um, well, you could uh, you could send us a screener of it, and we could watch it and then tell everyone how amazing it is. It's true. Just saying. Just throwing that out there. We're 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 more than, more than willing to uh to bear the burden of watching it early and then promoting it for you and, and everyone else involved, um, also if you want to come back on the podcast and promote it, that's another good thing too, anyway, so I just, uh, we had to talk about that for the what's up with, uh, David Arquette segment, all right, Harris, it's time, it's time, we're way into the show, I'll probably edit out some of the other stuff to shorten it, but, uh, We got to talk about the main topic today, which is, of course, see, this is the thing. I'm making it like this big surprise for you, but like everyone else already knows because they read the title. (laughs) But this is, we're going to WCW, which I'm sure you already knew that because of the video. We're going to 1995. Ooh, early. We're going early, you know, mid WCW. This is, you know, the kind of the beginning. This is March 19th. 1995 so if i had waited like a week we could have almost done it on like the 25th anniversary which is coming up in you know just a little over a week it's in tupelo mississippi great and this is a pay-per-view called uncensored
0: okay the
1: first one and um it's a very you know so the very first uncensored pay-per-view and the theme of course was you know uncensored it was no rules Like so much and so it was so much so that the pay-per-view was apparently unsanctioned and I did that in air quotes by WCW and those in charge such as President Nick Bockwinkle would not be there or anyone else in charge of WCW because it's unsanctioned and unsigned off on and each match technically had no rules because of this even though every single match but two were gimmick matches with specific ways to win. So right Right. off the bat, doesn't really make a whole lot of sense.
0: There's actually more specific rules if you think about it.
1: Yes, yes, there are. Um, So so in other words, there's literally rules in this unsanctioned pay-per-view.
0: Initial takeaway right off the bat, we can all agree we've spoken about this. Every wrestling podcast on the planet has spoken about this. It's annoying when wrestling promotions use gimmick matches to sell a pay-per-view. Right. Like having a pay-per-view called, I don't know, Elimination Chamber or Hell in a Cell. Right. Where they build the entire show around gimmick matches for the sake of gimmick matches and not because they're earned by a storyline. It's very funny to me that this is not a new complaint, that they were doing this all the way back in at least 1995.
1: Oh, yeah. And, I mean, there's a reason for it, though, because I listened to, you can listen to a much, you know... More in detail of this pay-per-view on, on Eric Bischoff's podcast, 83 Weeks. They, they talk about it. And, you know, this is right when WCW is starting to increase pay-per-views. I think this year they'll have nine, I believe. And, you know, th- this is unheard of at the time. Like, pay-per-views were, f- you know, they had gotten to this sweet spot of like four a year. and mm-hmm. um, But WCW kept increasing it. But they did it out of necessity because it was one of the only ways they would make money. Because they didn't get money from advertising, it was basically going to Turner. Uh, they were, you know, they're not getting paid a licensing fee because they're owned by Turner. So, like a lot of the normal ways companies make money, they were not. So, pay-per-views wasn't uh, just an easy way where they got to keep all of the money from pay-per-views. So, I mean, you increase the pay-per-views. Um, so that was one of the reasons. And then another thing with you were talking about gimmick matches. Well, when you're starting to increase pay-per-views. And you're worried of, oh, well, what's going to make people want to see these? That's, Mm -hmm. you know, that's why Bischoff, they started theming them, you know, giving them different themes and stuff like that. But anyway, so that's how this happened. That's neither here nor there. I believe, Harris, that this is the worst wrestling pay-per-view of all time.
0: Wow. That's a great start. Oh, my goodness. Okay. All right.
1: Yes. I mean, there are bad pay-per-views. Like, there are a lot of them. But as far as the ones I've seen, I think this is the worst one, Um, but kind of in the best way possible. So maybe from that standpoint, it's not the worst one just because this is so terrible that it's really entertaining. So maybe that's not necessarily fair. But as far as like actual quality, whatever, it's just it's just horrible. Um, So there's a few things going on, like this was a weird time of WCW, like they had already acquired Hogan and Savage, but it's a few months before Nitro would start later in the fall, and so it's kind of this weird middle ground. Uh, Vader versus Hogan for the first time at Super Brawl um, was like, I think, the month before, a couple months before, and it had done huge business, um, was massively successful, and so this was going to be the rematch between those two for the title. So there was high anticipation for this this pay per view. Also, there was even higher anticipation because uh, Hogan had been teasing for several weeks that he was going to have a uh, ultimate surprise coming for this uh, main event. Hint, hint. So.
0: Oh, that... oh, I, oh, I get it.
1: Yeah. So cool. that provided some some more excitement from people. Anyway. There was a, uh, there was a, like, an hour-long pre-show before this pay-per-view that was aired on, like, TBS or something leading up to the pay-per-view, so kind of like what, I mean, the same thing as what they do now, um, where it was on free TV and they had several matches. It doesn't matter, because that's not on the network, I don't think. I didn't watch them. Anyway, um, but going to the actual show. First match, Harris, um... Okay, so they started, you know, you get the intro of Tony Schiavone, Bobby the Brain Heenan. This is the um, debut of Mike Taney on screen as well. So you have kind of those three are the, you know, the broadcast team. And Mike Taney or um, Tony Schiavone during this period has one of the best mullets in the history of mullets. I mean, it is just, it's a thing of freaking beauty and he needs to bring it back. Like, he he needs to bring it back because it's awesome. I tweeted a picture out of it the other day. Because it's just awesome. Uh, But anyway, so they do the intro, and then we're going to get started. Jumping right into it, the match is already underway. Now, this particular match was filmed a few days before, so it's a pre-taped match, and it was actually filmed outside of Atlanta. So, uh, not in Mississippi, so, you know, the Brain and Tony are commentating on a screen while watching it, but they're acting like it's live. Uh, Now, what this match was, Harris... It's a, uh, wrestling match set in the back of a semi-truck with a cage on it, like on the back of a flatbed, filled with hay, um, called the, uh, King of the Road match.
0: I have heard of this, and I, I, I'm not surprised that we got to it. I am surprised that it's only the beginning.
1: Oh, yeah. No, this is the beginning. Um... It's just the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. Um, like there's trucks following with like camera crews in the backs of these pickup trucks, following. <laughs> you know this. I, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, I, I it's mean, it's like Fury wheeler. Road before yeah, Fury Road. Of. It's like an eighteen-wheeler, wheel, but instead of like the traditional trailer that's on, it's like this cage thing, and it's it's right. just so bizarre, and it's filled with hay, and there's like a fence in, in there. And there's like a, a drop off where one side's higher than the other. And it's just, it's bizarre.
0: Um, it's sort of like if somebody made like not quite an obstacle course, but like just enough hay for you to climb around on, but not an efficient amount of hay for yeah, like hauling hay.
1: Yeah. Um, And there's also a helicopter with a camera that that's following them as well. Like there was a lot that mm-hmm. was put into this. Now, Harris, this is what I want to ask you. I want to ask you, how does one win this type of match? What what, what would you say?
0: I mean, if I thought wrestling were real and you could kill a man, it, it seems like the kind of thing where like, throwing him out the back would be how you win, like throw someone off the truck, but obviously you okay, okay. can actually do that. But then like just pinning a guy makes no sense. Wait, okay, I think I remember. Do you want me to take a guess or do you want to just tell me?
1: Well, if you think if you already know what it is, then
0: I think really it's some sort of variation of like a terrible ladder match or pole sort of situation where you have to like get to the front or the top and ring a bell or flip a switch or something.
1: Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, the way you win this match is you get to the front of the flatbed, you climb up the cage and you blow a horn that's on top of a pole. So it's basically a blow a horn on a pole
0: match yeah, it's just a big yep, that's what, which is such a shame because like the visual is at least fun, kind of. but right. well, like you know they're they're driving down the road and they're like right off
1: the bat when them. you first see it, you're like, oh, this is interesting. that's right. for sure. but then you just you just make it a pole match. like right. what a waste. right. Uh, I, I do like how you said if I thought wrestling was real, it' be throw them out of the back Cause that's immediately like what Bobby the brain says. He's like, he's like, oh, someone's going to get thrown out of the thing. If this side breaks or something, they're going to be all over the road, which I'm surprised he didn't make the obvious joke of Dustin Rhodes and Road because, <laughs> but he doesn't, he doesn't make that joke. I thought it was going to be there because this is Dustin Rhodes versus Blacktop Bully. I didn't mention the two already. Those are the two. Now, Blacktop Bully, he was the former smash from Demolition. Um, he's part of uh, Colonel Parker's crew of bad guys with Ming and with Arn Anderson and some other people that we'll talk about later. Um But so you know, it's it's a pole match. Here's the other kicker, Harris. At this time, WCW had a strict no blood policy.
0: Mm-hmm. Both men gigged. hmm And explain what that means, just in case someone doesn't know the gig, wrestling
1: term. Gig just means cut yourself with a razor. Um Yeah. So this match is heavily edited. <laughs> Now, Harris, let's go back to the beginning. Do you remember which pay-per-view this is?
0: Uh, I believe it was called Uncensored. It is
1: called Uncensored, where the tagline is unsanctioned, unauthorized, unbelievable. Well, this match was literally censored to cut out all of the blood as much as possible.
0: Which, I'm sure it was a super coherent, like, masterpiece of a match before that happened.
1: Apparently, it was much better than afterwards. I don't see how that's really that possible. Oh, that's Um, so funny. So, most of the shots are of, like, their backs are turned. A ton of helicopter-wide shots. Um,
0: That's funny, because I've always... I knew this is a terrible match. And I knew that they were blading when they weren't supposed to. And I knew the the other thing that happens that I'll let you get to a, as a result of yeah. this match, but I never knew that one of the reasons it was so bad was because they had to cut a lot of the footage. Yep. For a pay per view called Uncensored, that detail was lost on me. That's pretty. Uh, yeah. That's pretty incredible.
1: There was literally a moment when they it was just totally zoomed out helicopter shot. You see the truck going, in, and you just hear Bobby the Brain just like, "This is uncensored." <laughs> literally as we're watching a wide shot, hiding the blood. Like, it's just like, okay. Um, th- another thing that they do is they'll crank the contrast way down. So you just see silhouettes basically. Hmm. And now Yikes. this was being filmed clearly in the late afternoon. So like the sun is kind of starting to go down. So it doesn't, it's not super jarring when they do that. Cause like that could happen at this time of day, but, like you can see it happening cause it's on the same shot and then it cranks down and you see like silhouettes people. Uh, the whole match is basically just these two like shakily walking and falling and hitting each other with bales of hay and pieces of wood and buckets and a trough and <laughs> stuff like that. At one point that's funny. Uh, like Dustin or uh, blacktop hits Dustin with the trough I think, or maybe it's the other way around. It doesn't really matter. And Bobby the Brain is like a trough. That's what him and Dusty eat from. So that was pretty funny. I, I, I mean, I guess. Um, the best part is just Brain saying things. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's always the best. Like that's a be- silver lining on a lot of these episodes. It is. It is. But in particular, just about the setting that they're in, because like at one point they're just driving on the highway and they're driving past like this mobile home lot. And Brain is just like, there's a beautiful section of Tupelo right there. 18 house trailers, <laughs> Mississippi condos. And then Tony's just like, would you stop that? And he's just like, uh, you just saw where Elvis lived with his 14 brothers, brother-in-laws. I think it's just like, okay, Brain. Uh, another helicopter shot. It's just like of a farm and a landscape. And he's like, there's downtown. There's a the downtown area of Tupelo. See the skyscrapers? <laughs> Two stories. So that was very funny. That made me laugh.
0: Um, Yeah, that's pretty good.
1: At one point. Wow.
0: No, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say this is the opening match.
1: Yeah, this is the the start. This is literally the beginning. Um, At one point, they literally have to come to a complete stop so that a church bus can drive past. And they literally say that. They're like, we're having to come to a stop because a church bus is going by. It's like. You edited this whole match, and you couldn't have, like, edited around that?
0: I was like... That's a very Tupelo move, though. Hold on, hold on. We got the we got the church bus here. But this
1: wasn't in Tupelo. This was filmed outside of Atlanta. <laughs> That's the thing that makes even less sense. Um, Incredible. The match, apparently, origi- it originally was, like, 20 minutes long, I think. But with the editing, it, was, it ended, ends up being, like, 13 minutes, which is still, I don't know, 10 minutes too long. For a match of this to go. <laughs> and it just, it's so boring. Like, it's just, nothing happens. Because they can't do anything. They're on a moving truck. Like, at one point, like, Dustin tries a pile driver and stuff. Like, they try some moves, but they can't. It's mostly them just throwing each other down. Uh, right. Eventually, they both go for the horn. Dustin falls. Blacktop blows the horn and wins. And this isn't even the dumbest thing that happens on this show. This could have yeah, been a whole start. episode
0: just that one thing. Uh the other thing we well, got, that's got kind, to I'm talk kind of about surprise. Do you want to explain now yeah. what happened as a result of this match? Yeah, there was a fallout for this. Uh, Dustin Rhodes, uh, Blacktop
1: Bully and then the uh, match um producer who i forgot who it was we're all fired I think it was dusty wasn't it no it wasn't it wasn't dusty It was someone else and they were they were all fired because of this because apparently <laughs> bischoff was saying like weeks before he did like an explicit thing with everyone of like we're we can't do we're not using blood anymore it was like a big thing and then they did yep. it and apparently the producer told blacktop and dustin that it had been cleared and it hadn't obviously and so they got fired but worked out for dustin went to wwf became gold dust you know became a legend so worked out um but anyway we got to move on now (sighs) we got to move on to probably maybe not the dumbest but the worst match on the show because this is Ming versus Hacksaw Jim Duggan in what is known as a martial arts match
0: (laughs) What? yeah
1: Harris what do you think this means
0: It sounds like it's a UFC fight. Just what do you think it means? Like it means you use whatever martial arts you want to like boxing or I mean, I don't know what else they would think martial arts are in 1995 kickboxing.
1: How is that different from a wrestling match though in like WWE or in professional wrestling terms? I mean, they they punch, they kick, they they do submission holds. What's what, what would be the difference?
0: I, there doesn't seem to be one. There's That's not Harris.
1: The only difference is it's, it's a normal <laughs> match, but Sonny Ono is the referee in a karate uniform. And instead of slapping the mat to count, he points. That's the only difference. Great. That's it. Martial arts I, match. And and this is the other thing I was thinking, Oh, a martial arts match. Like maybe it's like supposed to be a karate match yeah. or something like that. You know, we're normally a type of match like that. The goal is to, you know, strike your opponent and get points. But this just has pinfalls and everything like doesn't even matter.
0: See, like wrestling, it can be kind of annoying when wrestling pretends super hard to be influenced by martial arts. But like at least now when they do it, they've gotten a lot better at it. And a lot of the time they understand how to like blur that line. So if Alistair Black uses a head kick as a finisher, it looks great. And it works with the rest of his wrestling moveset, or they have stars like Ronda Rousey or Brock Lesnar, who actually have a history in mixed martial arts. Right. In the nineties when they tried to do it, like nobody knew what mixed martial arts was anyway. So it's always extremely awkward.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, that that's fair. Um so Okay, so Ming comes out in this kind of strange-looking get-up. It's supposed to be, I guess, some sort of samurai outfit or something, but it looks like, you know, like a... um, Oh, what are they called? Um, uh, Burkas? You know, like a burka? It looks like that, but it was made of, like, your grandma's quilt with, like, a million (laughs) different colors. That's kind of what it looks like. I'm sure it's supposed to be a traditional look of something, but... Uh, it looks weird to me. Um, so Ming comes out in that. Hacksaw comes out. And I guess he thinks he's Jackson from Bloodsport. Um, he's got jeans with a black cutoff <laughs> shirt, a white headband. And his hands and forearms are, like, heavily taped up in, like, white tape. And he's got, like, uh, American flag knee pads on top of it and, like, boots. Mm-hmm. Um, just straight out of Bloodsport. And he comes out... And then literally delays the match for two full minutes while he refuses to bow. Because that's what you're supposed to do because it's a martial arts match. So you bow to the ref and you bow to your opponent before it starts. And he won't
0: do it. But I love that, though, because he's clearly like, no, I don't have to do that. That's stupid. Which is what everyone at home is thinking, too. Like, why? No. He's like
1: angry and just refusing to and just trying to start the fight with Ming while the ref and everyone else keeps telling him, no, you you bow first. That's the way it works. Now, Hacksaw is the baby face here. And uh, Ming is the big bad heel with Colonel Robert Parker. And I think Hacksaw might literally be brain dead or pretending to be because he's (laughs) acting like a mentally slow third grader who doesn't want to take a bath like that's what he's acting like at the beginning of this match like throwing a temper tantrum almost he finally does this like goofy mocking bow to the ref and then Ming where he's like Mm -hmm. bow bow and you're just like okay um and then immediately gets kicked by Ming when he does that goofy bow so the match finally underway Ming is just a monster. I mean, that's clearly the point of this match is just to build Ming up, which he literally is. He's probably the toughest guy in the history of wrestling because it's Haku. And, um, you know, but, you know, Hacksaw is just trying to fight back, but Ming's just no selling it. Hacksaw at one point takes off his boot and attacks Ming with it, with his boot. And at one point he smashes his toe with it because, you know, Ming is like a, you know, martial artist. So, he you know, he's barefoot in the ring. So at one point he smashes his t- his toe with a boot. Now again, he's the baby face in this match. Makes total sense. He <laughs> continues to get beat up. Tony keeps saying how there are no rules in any of these matches. So mm-hmm. the refs are really only there to count pinfalls. Um, but at the same time, like Sonny Ono's is trying to like break up stuff and things. So I don't get it. But, uh, there's just a ridiculous amount of nerve holds, too. I swear Ming just spends half the match doing nerve holds on Hacksaw. So that's really exciting for a karate or a martial arts match. Um, At one point, Hacksaw just goes after Colonel Parker, and then the ref, uh, Sonny Ono's over there trying to pull him off of him. So that opens up Hacksaw to then get thrust kicked in the face by Ming, which looks awesome. And then he gets pinned. But, but again, the pin is Sonny Ono kneeling next to it. Counting like one, two, not hitting the mat, like doing this weird, like m- I don't know, some other motion, like pointing basically at the mat. It's very, uh, it it doesn't look good. Um, you know the the, the point was to make the monster heal out of monster heal out of um, Meng. So that's the point. But it just makes no right. sense. And really, the only babyface aspect is that Hacksaw is American. Like that's the only right. reason he's the baby face in this.
0: Well, I'm glad you brought that up because I was gonna say it is so clearly like He just
1: keeps USA, USA, like that's all right. it is. Hey,
0: we've got a we've got a vaguely Asian guy. His name's Ming. Uh he's into He's not even martial Asian. Arts. He's from he's from the uh the, uh Tonga. Right, but it's nineteen ninety five. Like it doesn't matter. It's close enough. I so know. they're like, "Well, we'll do an Asian American thing and he'll be doing these weird dumb martial arts traditions and Hacksaw'll be like, "No, not going to do it cuz I'm American and we don't bow." Like that's the whole thing. That's the character. It's woof. Yeah. It's pretty bad.
1: Yeah. Yes it is. It's 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 horrible.
0: It's just it's so We don't want martial arts, we want wrestling.
1: This this whole match is just the worst. It's just it's so bad. It's probably the worst match on the show as far as just, like, nothing redeeming about... Uh, well, dumber stuff happens, but as far as, like, there's nothing to take away from this. At least, like, the King of the Road match, are like, this is so dumb. It's unique and stupid, but, like, you know, it's so bad that it's historic. You know, that type of mm-hmm. stuff. This mm-hmm. is just, like, this is just terrible. I mean, Hacksaw couldn't really ever wrestle anyway, and this is old Hacksaw. It's It's not good. Right. So now the next match is gonna be Arn Anderson versus Johnny B. Bad in a uh boxer versus wrestler match. Now I know I hear you laughing at Johnny B. Bad. That's a legitimate character, and he was around for several years.
0: I He's, know, it's just a funny stupid name. It's man.
1: bad. It's a bad name. Um Mark Marrow did not get the, the right end of that stick. Um but before the match you see like this weird package with Arn Anderson and like this truck. It's like in like a G he has like pulls up in like a GMC truck like next to a mountain or something and just, just talking about how, he, how he's Arn Anderson and he's the T V champ and he's gonna do whatever to keep it. That's basically right. it. And then they okay, show buddy. it intercuts it with footage of him spine-bustering people and DDTing people and that's really it. And you're like, Oh okay.
0: So it's just a promo package, like in kind the middle of, of the Yeah. Okay. But right
1: before this, you had an actual promo package with, like, him and the colonel and stuff talking with Mike Tenet. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, Yeah, so it's wrestler versus boxer because, of course, you know, Johnny B. Bad, a.k.a. Mark Romero, was a legitimate Golden Gloves boxing champion. So that's where this comes from. And he's, you know, at a distinct disadvantage in this match because, like, he has the gloves on. So... why would you do that and he even says yeah it probably wasn't the best idea but i'm doing it anyway and you're like well then what is wrong with you it makes no sense and he's got like his his former like manager there who clearly is not his real former manager it's clearly a guy they want to look as close to you know freaking burgess meredith as possible (laughs) to and his name is rock and, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if this is a real person. If it is, then I'm an idiot and I don't understand. But to me, they're just trying to do Rocky. And that's just what it seems like.
0: Yeah, it's very subtle.
1: Harris, this is definitely the best match on the whole show. What? Without a Yikes. Doubt. Wow. It's okay. not great, but it's it's not bad. And it's because of Arn Anderson. It's because Arn Anderson is just mm. so good. He makes... Johnny B. Bad looked like a million bucks. He sells his butt off this whole match. I mean, and also it works because Mark Marrow is a real boxer. So like when, when he's boxing, it looks legitimate. Like, you know, when he's pounding on Arn in the corner, like it looks good. It doesn't look like when someone's pretending to box. Like it looks, it looks legitimate. And with Arn selling, it looks like he's legitimately just getting destroyed. So it looks really good the crowd ends up getting into it arn does a great job of he just takes a beating the whole rounds and the round's end and you know they go to the corner and do whatever and colonel parker's there with arn and brock is there with uh johnny b bad and you know they're whatever and then at one point after like the second round arn just gets fed up and as, after the bell rings he just goes after johnny b bad and just ddt's him with his awesome ddt and you're just like yeah there we go that's what the heel does you know you can't win so you cheat that's like the whole yep. point. And so, you know, now he kind of has a little bit more of an advantage and is able to do some stuff and a little bit. But most of the time, it's still just trying to be bad punching him out for the most part. And, uh, you know, he attacks him a few other times. Well, then after like the third round, they're still like going at it in between the bell. And then, you know, he finally kind of throws Arn into the corner. And then the bell rings for the next round to start. And then, his manager Rock proceeds to take the bucket and puts it on top of Arn's head, so Arn can't see. Johnny B. Bad then punches him, knocks the bucket off, and Tony Schiavone's like, "He rang his bell!" You're like, well, yeah, literally. And then, and then he knocks him out with the next punch, and they count to ten. Johnny B. Bad wins. Crowd erupts. Crowd's into it.
0: Yeah, I'll be and, honest. Uh, that's a pretty great spot for a like no DQ or some sort of extreme match.
1: But that's the other thing. It you know the rules don't really matter. So even though they're trying to stick with the you know the the rounds or whatever, there's nothing they can really do about it. And, and that's really you know done well in this situation. They're really mm-hmm. displaying that you know anything can kind of happen. So from that standpoint, it's very successful. And it's not, again, it's not, it's, I was just going to say it's, it's not bad. And and it's because of Arn Anderson, he's just yeah. so good. And, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely like by a lot, the best match on this show.
0: It reminds me, Hannibal Burris has a bit where he talks about doing like shows at crappy venues. And there was one where they had this really crazy, like trashy band where at one point in the show, the drummer would get a garbage can and like throw the garbage can the contents of the garbage can on the audience. Right. And they would be super into that because they were like a really dirty, trashy, you know, bar band. And at one point, a fan jumped on stage, put the garbage can on his head, and then got punched in his garbage can head.
1: Wow. The phrasing
0: he uses, when you have a garbage can on your head, your peripheral vision is pretty much reduced to zero. (laughs) And I respect the wrestling community for pioneering the garbage can head spot. And I'll be honest, I would like to see that again someday. If there were like a street fight where a garbage right. pail or like a bucket of some sort got put on someone's head, I would pop to see him get punched in the garbage can head. I really would. Yeah. The, the, the clip you posted is very entertaining. I don't yeah, know about it's the great. the show. But I'm glad you watched it for no other reason than to bring that into my life.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's great. It's great. So, uh, yeah, it, it's fun. It's a fun match. I enjoy it. Um, All right, the next match, pretty boring. We got Avalanche versus Randy Savage. Now, Avalanche is John Tinta. He was also known as Earthquake in WWF. <laughs> He's enormous. He's enormous. That that's it. He's just huge. He's like five hundred pounds. Just massive dude. Um This is nineteen ninety five. This this doesn't. No one cares anymore. Like that was back in the day when you could just be really huge. And it was like, wow, it's really big, you know, and that's all you Mm -hmm. needed. I mean, Vincent Mann still thinks that to some degree.
0: Right. Um, But this is sort of after Bret Hart came along and everyone was like, whoa, what is he doing?
1: Sure. Um, So this is boring. Um, You know, Macho Man makes his entrance and Tony continue. You know, he keeps harping on the fact that, you know, basically anything goes in this match and any matches because there's no rules because they're all unsanctioned and everything however harris i'm gonna give you one guess as to how this match ends
0: oh geez dude i don't know uh i just
1: tony keeps harping on the fact that anything goes there's no rules tell me it's a
0: dq of some kind
1: that's right it's a disqualification (laughs)
0: What did they do? What could they possibly do to get DQ'd at a match called
1: Uncensored? That is the best part. That is the best. It couldn't be any better if
0: I had made it up. Is it something stupid? Like it's just like he keeps hitting him in the corner for more than five seconds or something? No, it's
1: so much better than that. You would never guess in a million years. Um, Closed fist punch. I don't know. No, 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 no. You, You don't stand a chance. Okay. The match itself, as I said, it's just boring. For like 10 minutes, they just go at it. And it's, you know, 500-pound avalanche, Savage. And then after about 10 minutes, they're outside. And a woman comes out of the crowd and starts beating on Savage. No security. No anything. Jumps on her. Just nothing. They, They end up being in the ring. We still don't know who this is. The announcers are like, who is this? What's going on? Who is it? Tony again is like, well, you know, the match is going to continue because this is uncensored. (laughs) Then the wig is ripped off and it's Ric Flair. Okay. Yes. Ric Flair has dressed in drag with full makeup done. Mascara,
0: lipstick, (laughs) everything. And is attacking Macho Man. To interfere, just to be clear, to interfere in a match where even if he, Ric Flair, ran in and interfered, by, by rule, they couldn't throw the match out. Right. In theory. Right. Um. Another okay. big reason for this is apparently uh,
1: this is still when Ric Flair was quote-unquote retired from wrestling after losing to Hogan like the year before in a big retirement mm-hmm. match. Um, And so the point is... Oh, he's here because it's unsanctioned, so no one else from WCW is here to enforce it. But That's then, actually pretty clever. Yeah, but why is he having to disguise himself as a woman, then, to do it?
0: Right. That defeats the whole question. point.
1: Um, so then, of course, Hogan comes out to help, and he chases away the bad guys. The bell then rings, Harris, and the match is over, and Gary Capetta comes out over the mic and says... And this match has been thrown out due to disqualification and the winner is Macho Man. Tony just said one minute ago this match continues because it's uncensored. It makes no sense on any level. And, so, yeah. and there's so many instances of this happening to where the announcers just don't address it because there's nothing they can do.
0: Well, that is my favorite part. A lot of these WCW shows, we've touched on this. The only redeeming factor is just the announcers losing their mind, the stupidity of what they're saying, like the nonsensical, is illogical, no rules being followed nature of what they're saying. So that's pretty great.
1: Sure. Um, so anyway, that's by far the, the dumbest thing we've seen as of this point. Oh, and we've geez. seen a lot of dumb stuff, but Ric Flair coming out and drag beating up Macho Man, and then the match being a disqualification in an unsanctioned pay per view. Mm-hmm. This is the dumbest thing we've seen. It's not yeah, the dumbest pretty... thing on the show, but it's the dumbest <sighs> thing we've seen so far.
0: Okay. Wow. All right.
1: Oh yeah, we got to continue. Uh, the next match we'll just gloss through because it's 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 the by far the only normal thing in the whole card. Sting versus Big Bubba Rogers. Now, Big Bubba Rogers, a.k.a. Ray Trailer, a.k.a. Big Boss Man, um, uh, Big Bubba comes out with a fedora on and, like, a button-down and slacks like he's out of, like, a 1930s gangster movie or something, and, uh, you know, Sting comes out, and the match starts. Sting takes his hat off, like, he takes the hat from him, and then is just holding it up, and the whole crowd's, like, cheering, and Bubba's like, no, give me my hat back, and then he throws it in the middle of the mat, and then leg drops it, and the crowd's like, "Wow!"
0: Ah!
1: <laughs> and he's so mad. And I was like, "Okay, that's stupid, but that's like Orange Cassidy type stupid, where I think it's actually entertaining."
0: I'm a sucker for anyone leg dropping an inanimate object. Oh, the yeah. one I always think of is Ric Flair going nuts. I think it's Mick Foley's autobiography or something they're pushing, but he like elbow <laughs> drops the book to prove a point. Ric Flair that's elbow, elbow drops everything.
1: He elbow dropped everything yeah um the the main story of this match is sting ends up he blows out his knee like his reconstructed Mm -hmm. knee halfway through like on a leapfrog that he didn't quite get Uh. high enough on that big bubba like hit i not for real like that's just the story of the thing but it is kind of one of Mm -hmm. these weird spots where you're like it it almost looks like it could be real because it's so Mm -hmm. bizarre and you're like oh that looks like a real you know like botched wrestling injury so yeah. it actually works, um, you know, and he, and he sells the whole time. He does some like he goes off the top rope once and then immediately like, has to like go down to the ground and stuff, um, which is not the what people do now. Now they hurt their leg and they just do all their stuff. And then after they finish doing their stuff, then they pretend it hurts again.
0: But I'm, um, I'm pretty sure that happened back then, too.
1: Not as much, though. Uh, and it ends, though, with Sting. He picks up Bubba to slam him, but his knee gives out. So that causes Bubba to land on Sting and then get the pin. Um, it's a decent, it's a pretty good match, but the, the and the results kind of surprising with with Bu- with Big Bubba going over, but it's a little disappointing. It's a little anticlimactic. Um, mm-hmm. all right. So moving on, we have Harlem Heat versus the Nasty Boys in a Texas Tornado match, which is basically like a tornado tag match. Yeah. Um. In the promo before, Brian Knobs promises to beat uh, Harlem Heat in a uh, Texas Tornado style in Tucson, which they're in Tupelo, so mm-hmm. he's a little far, you know, from that. Um, it's like a you know day long drive or something. Anyway, uh, the match is okay. Uh, Harlem Heat's out there; they're the champs with with a uh, sh- uh, sensational Sherry. And the Nasty Boys are out there, and they kind of they go back and forth. Kind of on the outside and everything. You know, there's no tags or anything, so it's like an AEW match. And um at one point, they the nasty boys shoved Sherry's face into Brian Knobbs' armpit. So that's a good spot. They would always always do that. Um uh, at one point they're outside the ring, because this also is a false kind of anywhere match. I guess that's part of the thing, but that that's part of the way it's being built. And Uh so they're outside, and it ends up like spilling over to uh Let's just say it's a concession stand, Harris. But it's not like out in the concourse. It's like in the corner of the arena. And it's definitely not just built for this match. I mean, they have like booths there, you know, that have a sign that says lemonade, um, a sign that says cotton candy, a sign that says funnel cakes. There's no logos or anything. It's just, you know, printed words that say these things. So these are clearly <laughs> real concession stands. Great. The point is they built a whole set for this instead of just like actually doing it in the concourse like mm-hmm. they do now, which is always mm-hmm. fun. So it just looks stupid. <laughs> um, It's so dumb. The other dumb part is it's just concrete floor and there's like beverages over there and stuff like that. So they're hitting each other with like cups of soda and it's spilling everywhere. <laughs> and so they're in wrestling boots on concrete that's now soaked. It turns into a slip and slide. Oh, I was
0: really hoping that's a Everyone where you were going is just
1: this. falling down like crazy. The first time it happens, I think it's Brian Nobbs just slips and falls, and you just hear Brain go, he's safe!
0: <laughs> best line, probably, of the show. Definitely See, one of the best Brain lines. This sounds super entertaining if it weren't for the fact that this is clearly not something they thought through and, like, meant for this to be happening. Right. Like, I'm sort of thinking, you've seen the movie Transporter, right? No. Oh, okay, well, it's... It's it's fine. It's a dumb action movie, but like it's just, you know, it's a Jason Statham martial arts vehicle. Right. And there's a scene, you know, like two thirds of the way through or whatever, where he's fighting all these guys in like a bus depot. And one of them, like they spill a barrel of motor oil and it coats the floor. And Jason Statham looks at it for a second and then like rolls around and it gets himself all slippery and then proceeds to beat the crap out of, you know, like 17 guys. Right. Drenched in motor oil. And, like, they can't get a grip on him, and they're falling down and slipping and sliding. And it's ridiculous, but you're like, all right, this is a good time. This is not what this is. This match was like, oh, no, the funny part will be that they'll fight in the concession stands. No, the funny part is that they can't stand up because you didn't think this through.
1: Yep. No, they didn't. Um, They end up just throwing mustard all over each other. Uh, Also, oh, this is a great spot. I forgot about this one. Um, Stevie Ray grabs this big tray of cotton candy to smother Jerry Sags, and it's probably the only time cotton candy has been used as a weapon in a wrestling match.
0: Yeah, that seems a little counterintuitive to me.
1: That's pretty fun. Um, But yeah, this goes on for a while. People are slipping and sliding and falling. And then all of a sudden, the match is over because Knobs gets the pinfall off camera and they miss it
0: <laughs> How stupid wow. are these people They're How so dumb How do you not I'm almost inclined to, like I guess you don't know that they're not on camera but like if I'm the ref I just don't count right until you know the camera's on you right you just ignore it like I know that's annoying for the people in the crowd but it's not as annoying as just botching the finish to your match I know on pay-per-view Oh, it's okay. I see. We complain. We nitpick about AEW's production value. They've never missed a pinfall before. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's like the only if you miss if you miss nothing else, if you capture nothing else, that's the one thing you have to get the finish. Like. Yeah, that's, it's that's bad. incredible. Even the announcers started, have
1: like no idea the match is over. Then all of a sudden, it's like,
0: oh, it's it's over. Oh, okay. See, when you started, I was like, oh, this is two, you know, this is good, two good tag teams and a tornado match, which is like a fun stipulation. Right. And I thought, wow, how could they possibly screw this up? But <laughs> boy, basically,
1: like... Harris, this is like the most G-rated hardcore match in the history of the world. <laughs> that's what it is.
0: Yeah, that's. That's incredible.
1: Uh, yeah. Um, the other big problem, like they got the pin on camera, just like the director didn't cut to it. Cause like they show a replay and there's a camera <laughs> right there <laughs> filming the pinfall. And you're like, what is, did nobody like see, uh, oh, there's a pinfall. Like, oh man, it's pretty that's, dumb. That's to be incredible. fair, I wouldn't be surprised if just the camera guys had no idea that this was a false kind of anywhere match. Cause they don't announce that at any point. So maybe yeah, they just that's weren't ready to look for a pinfall. I don't know. Wow. What a I company, man. What a, wow. Yeah, who knows. But, uh, so that happens. Uh, we see a, uh, so now we're ready for the main event. Vader versus Hogan. Um, okay. Back Again, to sounds promising. Now, Hogan is the WCW champion. This is not for the title for literally no reason. It's just not for the, I mean, I guess technically it would make sense since all this is unsanctioned. I guess right. the title cuz I think these tag that tag team titles weren't on the line either and Arn's uh television title wasn't on the line. So I guess none of the titles. So they got they got that right. That makes sense. You can't have a title mm-hmm. match if it's uncensored by WCW. Um So backstage Vader cuts a promo on Hogan and Flair's back there too. But remember Flair had came out dressed in drag, full makeup and everything. Yep. He clearly either didn't or didn't or couldn't take said makeup off. So it's Ric Flair in mascara, lipstick, rouge, and red fingernail polish cutting this promo. And I, Harris, this is worth watching over anything else in this show. Other than maybe the Arnott with the bucket finish. That's pretty great. Just, 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 just seeing Flair cut a promo dr- with makeup on is amazing, and makes the whole show worth watching. Cause it is yeah, that sounds it's spectacular. Cause he's cutting his full on, one hundred and eleven percent Rick Flair, yelling, yeah. screaming promo. Woo! Yeah, wearing mascara and lipstick and makeup. On. It's just it's great. It is great. Um, so anyway, but remember, Hogan had recruited a mystery partner that was the ultimate surprise. Well, on the pre-show, it was actually announced that this was not the ultimate warrior that everyone was expecting, and what many people had bought the pay-per-view specifically for, who had not (laughs) been wrestling in, you know, who hadn't wrestled in like three years. Right. This is a guy called the Renegade. Mmm... Who is the ultimate warrior from the dollar store? <laughs> like this, they don't even hide the fact that this is just a blatant ripoff. Right, like just blatant face paint, tassels, long '80s hair, every jacked dude runs to the ring. Music is almost the same. Like mm-hmm. it's bad. It's it's terrible.
0: So what, like? What is the best case scenario here? That's what I don't like. I don't know. Who is this for? Who pops is the joke? I don't know. Oh, look at Hulk Hogan. He sucks. He got our hopes up? I don't think so. Because isn't he the good guy here? Uh, Yes, Harris. He is. Okay. So you're just begging people to be pissed off, one, at Hulk Hogan for bringing the, for teasing the ultimate warrior and then backing out. Or I, I, they're, you're, you're just begging people to hate your wrestling company for doing the same thing, right?
1: That, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, cool. I, I do love that uh, when when they're talking about it, uh, Tony Schiavone and the brain, he even is like, all right, remember Hogan has ultimate surprise, which of course we know is a guy named Renegade. So right off the bat, Tony's putting over this Renegade. Yeah. Um, now he's a guy named Renegade, which is great. This is another great part. So Michael Buffer is out there to do the introduction like he would like he did for all the pay per view main events. You know, he always would do it for the world title match. You know, because right. it's a big deal. You know, you got right. Gary Capetta doing all the other things, but then you have, you know, Michael Buffer, the greatest ring announcer of all time, doing, you know, the highest profile match. It makes it seem like a big deal. Right. Um It doesn't make sense why he's here because It's not a title match, and it's like WCW had nothing to do with this. So why are we having proper tuxedo-wearing Michael Buffer out here? Um, The other thing is, he immediately announces it as this match is sanctioned by the WCW Board of Directors and the Athletic Department of Mississippi. Thanks, Michael. Thank you. Uncensored, unsanctioned. Pay-per-view, but it's sanctioned,
0: apparently. See, it's funny. if Like, if it's just Tupelo, that almost makes more sense because I can see them being like, sure, whatever. Like, yeah, that's okay, no, the uh, the
1: Mississippi State Athletic Commission, that's what it's called. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, you this sanctioned match is, is
0: sanctioned. Yeah. When your job is to say things, it's hard to say other things. I don't I don't know what to tell you. That's, that's I mean, bad. I, I just,
1: there's no way anyone told him. Like, nobody told him. Like, I guarantee well, you, just else, nobody told nobody him.
0: Nobody else is adhering to the kayfabe, like, setup all night anyway. So I yeah, don't not see really. why we should expect him to either. Right,
1: right, sure, sure. Um, oh, boy. So, anyway, uh, the match comes out, of course, Hogan is kind of at a disadvantage because, you know, Vader's out there with Flair. And, um, but then after a little while of them kind of starting to, to gang up on him, then here comes Renegade. Just to almost ultimate warriors music running straight to the <laughs> ring and shaking the ropes and run around doing all the warrior stuff. And, um, so that goes, you know, they, they continue to wrestle for a while. Uh, it's like Hogan immediately, like takes Vader's mask off. I don't know if it was intentional or by accident, but that's, that's kind of funny. I mean, he usually would lose it at some point, but it's like right off the bat. <laughs> and, uh, so they're, Kind of whipping each other, whatever, and Flair's trying to get involved, but but uh, I, I literally almost said, but Warrior stopped him, but but Renegade stopped, you know, would stop him and would chase him around and stuff. So it's this weird cat and mouse thing. Um, also, another thing was apparently Vader had like kidnapped Jimmy Hart, like during the pre-show, he like comes out with Jimmy Hart's, <laughs> j- like he comes out with Jimmy Hart's jacket, and is and Jimmy Hart's just gone. And so throughout the show, uh, people will mention like, where's Jimmy Hart? But it's not really ever talked about a lot. Uh, But then at some point, here comes Jimmy Hart. He makes a dramatic appearance out of the back. All his clothes are torn. And he has, like, (laughs) tape on his wrists and ankles that he's torn off, I guess. I don't know how he escaped, but he did. And his shirt is torn like it was done with scissors from, like, a movie department or something. Like... It's the most unnaturally almost, looking torn shirt you've ever seen.
0: Almost like they just cut his shirt up backstage before he came out?
1: Yes, yes, that is what it looks <laughs>
0: like. Interesting.
1: Uh, so, yeah, they, they, you know, so the match continues. and it, Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention this, Harris. This is a leather strap match.
0: Why? Okay. I'm just sorry. I'm so match, sorry. Not a Yappapai Indian strap No, match. it is
1: not the Yappapai Indian strap match. It is just oh, wow. a leather strap match. I'm really sorry. I really buried the lead on that one. I, <laughs> I, I purposely didn't mention it at first because I wanted to reveal that, and then I forgot to reveal that. So it's a leather strap match. Now, the rules of a leather strap match. I wanted to talk about this because we've talked about a couple strap matches so far on this show. We talked about the one with Billy Kidman and the franchise. We talked about the one, obviously the Yapapai Indian Strap Match with Flair and Hogan. Mm-hmm. Harris, what is the point of the strap match? How do you win the strap match?
0: You mean how do you win or how No, no, no. How are
1: win? you supposed to win this
0: strap match? Okay. I, I you're supposed to touch all four corners of the ring in succession if I'm dragging not dragging
1: your opponent to all Correct. four corners. Right. Yes. Correct. Um has that happened once in a match nope. that we have talked about? No. Does that happen in this match? No, it does not. Um, But we're going to get there in just a second. Great. So it's a strap match. So, you know, they're getting whipped and stuff like that. There's a cool moment where, a good moment where Hogan is trying to drag Warrior, or Warrior, I keep saying Warrior, Vader, and he like feeds the strap through like the ring post. So he like can pull Vader and pull him into the ring post. So I was like, "Okay, that's a good move. That's a good way to use the strap and stuff like that." Um at one point Flair comes out or one of them one of them comes out with a chair and uh, like Vader grabs a chair but then uh Flair like Renegade comes over, like stops it. Hogan takes the chair. Now, there's one thing that both Flair and Hogan are very similar in. Neither one of them has ever been able to to hit someone with a chair in their entire career. They just can't do it. <laughs> Flair has said it openly, like, he hates it. Like, he he cannot do it. Like, he can't bring himself to hit someone with a chair. So anytime Flair hits someone with a chair, it, it looks like when you're play fighting with your, like, brother and, like, trying not to hurt them, that's what yeah. it looks like.
0: and It that's- looks like, I'm picturing one in my head now, and it's like he almost just holds it straight upright, and just extends his arms out and just, like, boop, and you have to kind of run into it.
1: Kind of. Yeah, a little bit. Well, that's, like, what Hogan does, too. Like, he can't hit people with chairs, so he's, like, trying to hit Vader, and it just looks so sad. It's like, just stop, man. Just stop. Also, almost every time there's a chair shot, they cut to the wide shot. Like, they won't even show a chair shot, like, on a close-up camera. Like, it is bizarre. It's the most... Uncensored! Uncensored, exactly. Uh... So that's just terrible. Um, At one point, they bring out, like, these wooden chairs or something and start breaking those over people, so that's fun, I guess.
0: That is pretty fun, actually. It's like an old-timey movie with a bar fight in it where the chair just disintegrates. That's pretty fun.
1: it's fun to look at. Uh, At one point, Hogan's trying to drag Vader. They're outside the ring, and Hogan is pulling Vader around the ring, touching all four posts, which it's like, that's a good idea. They Shouldn't never that count? Yeah. No, they they never specified it was in the ring. You just have to touch all four corners and he was doing that. So it is I mean, they're counting it like it's counting. Um Oh,
0: oh, okay. I thought you meant he touches all four corners. No, no,
1: no. He touches three of them. Like he's he's Got he's doing it. And then, you know, Vader stops him right. at one point. Uh <sighs> So, at one point, Hogan, you know, gets, you know, he's done selling for for Vader and he's ready for his comeback. So he comes up, you know, he starts going back and forth. He does the big Hogan Hulk up and hits the big boots. And uh, then the leg drop starts to drag him around to win the match. But then he's interrupted. Out comes a masked man. You remember the black scorpion angle with Sting that we talked about? That's what it looks like. It's the same outfit, like a black jumpsuit and (laughs) and a black mask. And he comes out and stops Hogan and then Flair comes out and hits him with one of those wooden chairs. And, um, so, you know, Hogan's down for the counts. And so Vader starts dragging Hogan gets to three corners. But then all of a sudden here comes Flair where he's like, no, 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 stop. Splash him. And you're like, well, why don't you just hit the fourth corner and then splash him, Flair? But no, don't in the match. Splash him. So, he dra- he lays him down, and Flair puts a chair under Hogan's head, and then Vader gets to the second rope, and somersaults off the top. Like, he doesn't front flip off, I, I he literally, like, rolls off the second rope, and Hogan, of course, moves, and he hits the chair, and then he's out. It doesn't look bad at all. Like, there's worse moves you do from taking a back bump, I feel like. But, like, this is the big, terrible miss that costs everything. So, Vader rolls out of the ring. He's out for the count. Flair hits Hogan with a chair. But then Hogan just pretends like he didn't even feel it. And and gets up and hits his big boot on Flair. He then takes the strap off of Vader's hand. Hooks it on Ric Flair's hand who is no longer in the company and also is not named Big Van Vader and proceeds to drag Ric Flair to all four corners. The bell then rings and Hogan has won. Harris, what were the rules of a strap match again? Please please say them.
0: Well, so, okay, here's the thing. I was under the impression that, like, I believe what I said was touch all four corners. I think the detail I forgot, and clearly Hulk Hogan did too, is you have to drag your opponent around the ring and touch all four corners.
1: Keyword, opponent.
0: (laughs) Is Ric Flair the opponent in this match? No, at the beginning of the show, Ric Flair wasn't even in the company. He wasn't in the building. Right. Incredible. He might as well... Have just taken a fan out of the stands, put the strap on them, and dragged them around the four corners. Yes,
1: but I guess it's uncensored, Harris. So, so
0: wow. it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, there's no rules except when there are, but you only enforce some of them. Which I guess, in a way, isn't that just wrestling? <laughs> I'm not I don't done, know what else Harris. To say, man, that's pretty bad.
1: I'm not done.
0: Okay. Oh,
1: jeez. Here comes the masked man again, coming sure. out to ringside with a chair. Sure. Tony Schiavone, though, doesn't help anything when he says, another masked man comes out. This is clearly supposed to be the same one. <laughs> but then, all of a sudden, coming from the back, you see a black jumpsuit-wearing Arn Anderson tied up and gagged hopping to the ring like waddling out to the ring because he's tied up without a mask on and so everyone's like huh well then who is this masked man he then takes out rick flair and it's of course randy
0: savage hang on, why did you say of course because nothing in that entire <laughs> combination of words led me to. I'm not like, oh, that was some clever foreshadowing. What? <laughs> okay, hang on. Okay, so I'm sorry. So at the beginning, a masked man came out. Shenanigans ensued. Right, and now he he, he um he you know attacked Hogan. Okay, right, and then a masked man comes out. Yes, and then Arn Attacks Anderson and comes. And hobbling out. Right. Implying that the original masked man was him, and he has since been caught, tied up, and left backstage by a new man who has adopted that identity in order to sneak out to the ring and ensure some more shenanigans. Yes. And that person turned out to be Macho Man. Yes. Sure, of course. Yeah, no, it makes makes total sense.
1: The other great thing... The other great thing is Bobby the Brain oh, starts putting over Hogan and it's like, Hogan anticipated. That's why he got the black <laughs> outfit for Savage, which makes <laughs> even less sense on top of everything oh
0: else. Goodness, look, What I think is going WCW, on? You know, I think WCW gets a disproportionate amount of crap for all the bad stuff that happens in the late 90s. When the stuff that happened in the mid-90s and early 90s was just as bad. My yes. goodness. This is... What a mess.
1: Yes. Okay. So that's the end of the pay-per-view. Hogan and friends celebrating. Boy. After winning from winning against Ric Flair, who wasn't even in the match. And uh, this yep. um, this was the start of Uncensored. That would be going on every year of WCW's existence
0: until it folded man we went you know we we paid money we paid 50 bucks to see revolution last weekend and we were like oh it's kind of weird you know actually paying full price for a pay-per-view in the year 2020 but at least that was a great show can you imagine like seeing the advertisements and watching the build-up and paying cash money in
1: 1995 for this no i can't (laughs)
0: No, that's pretty terrible. From start to finish, I mean, that's just... Wow. Yeah, no, that's that's a lot. This is the other
1: point, Harris. Wow. It is impossible. Uh, you know what? I take that back. I, I forgot about the other strat match we covered, which was, of course, the White Castle of Fear match. <laughs> and that one legitimately did end with the rules. Uh, the opponent was dragged to all four corners. So, well, that... Man, the White Castle of Fear is the, most, is the best strat match that's happened in WCW as far as accuracy-wise. Basically, if there's a strat match, you know the rules are not going to be followed. I think that's a good way to do it. The finish will not be accurate. <sighs> yeah. Wow. So, yeah, this was the first uncensored pay-per-view. Uh, you had a match that was literally censored. a a match that ended in a disqualification Mm -hmm. and a sanctioned main event that ended without the rules being followed and many other dumb things.
0: I was going to say, those are just the highlights.
1: Harris. No, no, no. That was every match. Like we went through every match, right? How can anyone say that's not the worst pay-per-view of all time? When the highlight of your match, sing big Bubba Rogers was at least a normal match with normal things. That didn't break all their own rules, but it's not anything. It's like a decent TV match, you know, at best. Yeah. Wow. The best match was Arn Anderson and Johnny B. Bad in a wrestler versus boxer match that ended with a bucket on the head spot as the finish. That's the highlight of the show.
0: That is a great moment.
1: It is. That's the highlight of the show. Wow. This is the worst pay-per-view in the history of wrestling. Wow. Yeah, that's...
0: I mean, I, that does sound like a challenge to us in future episodes, but boy, that's a strong start. That's going to be tough to overcome. It is. And uh, this is one of the ones I thought about
1: when I was doing my dumb WCW matches a few, like a month ago. Because, of course, that had the Yappapai Indian strap match in it. And it made me think of this one. And I was like, oh, no, I got a whole show. Whole show with this strap match. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. We've gotten to the end. That's the end of this episode. Harris, any any, uh, final thoughts before we sign off?
0: I mean, I think I kind of touched on it earlier. There are rules, then there's no rules, and some get enforced and some don't. That's kind of like all of wrestling in general, but sometimes it's fun when that happens, and in this case, it's terrible when that happens. I I said this at the beginning that, like, it's funny that wrestling has almost always had gimmicky pay-per-views. This is more proof that you shouldn't, you shouldn't have them. Stop doing (laughs) Tell actual stories. Good point. Stop selling (laughs) pay-per-views. That's the actual solution. Have fewer of them. Just make the matches be the matches. It's never going to happen, but (sighs) it's fine. Thanks
1: for listening. We follow us on Twitter at behind underscore gorilla. The more mm-hmm. dumb wrestling stuff and our other wrestling thoughts uh, you can follow me on Twitter oh no uh, follow us on Instagram also same thing at behind underscore gorilla we're also on Facebook just search behind the gorilla wrestling podcast um, follow me on Twitter at Mark Mark brand and I'm at Harris Wilson so do that as well and yeah that does it next week Harris will have a crazy topic good luck topping that one and uh, yeah pretty much it another week cool Another dumb thing in wrestling. It's never going to end. That's the best part. We'll never have to stop yep. podcast because it's never going to stop. There's stuff that has happened in the past year that we could do episodes on. Like, it just never ends.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It never ends. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Again, I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. Have a great week.